God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. On the 19th of January, 2019, we had just finished preaching uh, Maasai Tribal Church in Transmara, Kenya, Africa, and I had jumped over a bar ditch, and the Holy Ghost hit very hard, a visitation. And the word of the Lord came, basically, the word is this, seal my people by my word, as an angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. And we were very shocked, and know, of course, that this is the last of the last days, but it certainly speaks of a time that God is preparing his people for the work of the ministry. So we started the podcast, and now we're going to be talking about that sealing and the seal up division and the prophecy spoken of Daniel in Daniel 9:24. But as we look at that, the work of the ministry, what is the work of the ministry that God is preparing the body of Christ for? We need to know what is that ultimate focus that we, the body of Christ, must obtain. We are going to perfection. It's a progressive work. We realize that. Paul said, I'm not already perfect yet. Neither have I already obtained. But I, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now, the things are the things of faith. We know that things in the Word of God are faith because it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, the things which are not seen are eternal. These things are faith. And the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show and to his servants things which must shortly come to pass and sent and signified it by his angel unto John. These things are the things of faith. It is the faith that was once delivered to the saints that we are to be earnestly contending for, coming from a Pentecostal present truth into the tabernacles, the tabernacles, a different season altogether than Pentecost. In Daniel 9.24, he speaks of a time of restoration. In Daniel 9.24, as Daniel speaks about the... Jerusalem, that city being built again. And he says there that it will be built again, the street and wall, even in troublous times. But there's a key thing he says in there. And he said, uh, 70 weeks, 70 being the number of restoration or restitution in the Word of God in Bible numerics. 70 weeks are determined, or 70 Shebas are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, the people of God and that city, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins. Now, Jesus, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Would that what Adam did, then the restitution, restoration, and reconciliation was made by one man, Jesus Christ. But this is to make an end of sins, plural, and to make reconciliation for iniquity. Now, in the last days, 
because iniquity will abound, the love of many will wax cold. Iniquity is lawlessness, not being led of the Spirit of God. Or as many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And that iniquity is, uh, even though one has the Holy Ghost, that Spirit of God, Christ in them, the hope of glory, yet they do not obey it. They, they yield their members as servants to sin unto death. And whosoever we yield our members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom we obey, are of obedience unto righteousness. Now, righteousness is the work that Jesus did in justification, redemption, sanctification, and our ultimate glorification. It is that in John 16, righteousness is that he proceeded from the Father, the same Spirit came into the world in a body of flesh and blood, Word made flesh. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. And he died, was buried, and rose again, and went back to his former glory, glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Then gave us of his Spirit. God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Have a Father, because there is only one Spirit. The Spirit of the Son is the same Spirit of the Father, one Spirit. That is righteousness. And now he's made the way, the truth, and the life for us to walk in the steps that he has already made for us. Now, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, present truth, then we have fellowship one with another, blood flow from one member to another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, second by second, minute by minute, cleansing. So it's progressive, growing up into him in all things. So the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Now this is to bring in this everlasting righteousness. And to seal up the vision. To seal up the vision. What is the vision? Not visions. The vision. And prophecy. The vision and the prophecy. The more sure word of prophecy. The vision. The will of God that he has purposed in himself from the foundation of the world. And Ephesians 1 tells us that the will of God from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one, in Christ Jesus. That is the will of God. There, Paul said, I have not obtained, neither am I already perfect. But he was doing something. He was stirred. He was not at ease in Zion. As the word tells us, Woe be to them that are at ease in Zion, for the Lord will search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We must be stirred. We must be occupying. We must be pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
These are the things of faith. These are the affections that we are to place our heart upon, which are things above, not on the things beneath. Paul said, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, said that mindset, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. It's the mind of Christ, the compelling move of the Holy Ghost, the moving of God, of the Spirit upon our heart, and it's outward reflection in life, the works that accompany salvation, bringing forth the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance, against that there is no law. We know them by their fruits. That he said that this is going to be a work of God, the work of the ministry, the work that God is doing in the earth, which will be, Isaiah tells us in 28, Isaiah 28, that God will arise to do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. And he said, don't mock at it. Don't make fun of it. Said, because lest your bands, that is, the strings of your heart, be made strong, where God hardens your heart. This overflowing scourge has surprised the hypocrite. What this overflowing scourge is, our God is a consuming fire. In Hebrews 12, in the day of Moses, in that time, that God literally descended upon Mount Sinai, and it burned with fire, and the earth quaked. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But the Lord hath promised that he will not shake the earth only, yet once more shake it not only the earth, but also heaven, that all things may be shaken. That is earth and heaven. The Lord hath promised yet once more he shaketh not only the earth, but also heaven, that all things that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Anything that is made is not eternal. The things that we're talking about are the eternal things in the divine nature of God called holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So it is a time that God has given us the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. Not Gnosko knowledge, not just knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh, but epigonosco, coming to a higher knowledge, that is, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that is, growing up into Jesus in all things, that we be not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now, we want to focus on that he is going to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Now Jesus is the anointing. He is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. 
and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Jesus Christ has been made the man that was crucified, that all the house of Israel know assuredly, that same Jesus whom you crucified. God hath made him both Lord, as Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But he's always been Christ. He's always been that Spirit. And here we have that mystery, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. That mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ is freely given to us in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, to the full acknowledgement of the full understanding of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in Him, that is, in Jesus Christ, the man, in Him, or hid, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All treasures. Now, there will be treasures that God will reveal in the last days that are sealed. And for the servants of God to be sealed, they have to know these treasures and receive them in truth. In Deuteronomy 32, God says, Is this not sealed up among my treasures? And we find he's sealing up the vision. To seal, that is a restoration, but to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Now, it's very important that we see in John 6 about the Son of Man. Now, we're going to focus on the Son of Man. The Son of God is redemptive office of the Spirit of God. That redemption office of the Spirit is uh, that Son of God that lived, died, shed His blood, was buried and rose again, and went back to His former glory. Praying to the Father, Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. The glory he had with him. Well, we know there's only one spirit. There is no spirit junior. So there's a mystery there. The mystery of God. That mystery of godliness in 1 Timothy 3.16, that God himself was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Not the Son of God. God was manifest in the flesh. God himself. Not the Son of God manifest in the flesh because the Son of God has two characteristics. And that is, number one, he is the Father of glory. In his essence and being, he is that Spirit, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. Therefore, who is born in the city of David, but Christ the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And there's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's the Father of all, above all, and in us all, Ephesians 4. He gave this fivefold. The Apostle, Prophets, Evangelists, Pastors, and Teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And this is a time that is to seal up the vision and the prophecy. 
Now the prophecy is that more sure word of prophecy. Peter said in his epistle that we were there on that Mount of Transfiguration. We heard that uh, excellent voice that came from uh, glory saying, this is my beloved son in whom I will please. They saw the transfiguration on uh, Matthew 17 in the mountain apart. Peter, James, and John saw it. Peter said, but we have this more sure word of prophecy. That this word that we have now in the Bible, the King James, uh, the authorized version, going along with the original manuscripts, is a more sure word of prophecy as holy men of God spoke and were moved on and wrote these words by the Spirit of God. A Theronutus, a God-breathed word, a more sure word of prophecy. And in the book of the Revelation, we find it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him, John, to show and to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Now these things are the things of faith. These things are what make up the vision. This is uh, the things, the eternal things, the faith that makes up the words of the book of this prophecy. And he's to seal up the vision and the prophecy and the wall and the street to be built again, even in troublous times. That vision that we see is in Jesus Christ, and we have Jesus. He is the Father of glory. He claims to be. In John eight twenty four, when they ask, where is your father? Jesus said, you don't know me. You should have known my father also. He says, you're from beneath. I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Moreover, Jesus spake these words in the treasury. No man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. Then he spake these words. He said, I go my way. And whether I go, you cannot come. He is the way and the truth and the life. And he said uh, there, whether I go, you cannot come. The Pharisee said, well, whether will he go? Will he kill himself? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. Then Jesus said, John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he. The question is, where's your father? Jesus stated, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sins. This they, they understood not that he spake of the father. They still don't understand it today. The Father is the administrative office of the Spirit. He's a creator of all. He is the Father of all glory. He is the Father because He is the creator who created all things. Well, in the beginning was the Word, Word with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. And there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. They're one in the self-same spirit. Uh, that is 1 John 5, 7. Well, then, that word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Then Jesus stated that in John 8, 24, I am the Father. And if you do not believe that, 
you shall die in your sins. In Colossians 1, 16 and 17, we find that Jesus Christ said all things were made by him. Whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, all things uh, were made by him and for him and for his good pleasure. That is Jesus Christ. Before Abraham was, I am. He is that eternal spirit of God. That is, and God said, let there be light. And the word created, which is God. And in the first seven Hebrew words, in Genesis 1, verse 1, Bereshit, Barak, Elohim, 8, Alaftav, Hashemayim, Bayat, Hayats. In the beginning, or Bereshit, in the beginning, Barak created, Elohim, God, that that Alaftav, the center, Shamash, or the very center of that that seven words is the Aloftav, which is the longest chapter in your Bible, which is a Hebrew abecediary, meaning that he is Elohim from A to Z, from the Aloft to the Tav. In Greek, it's the Alpha to the Omega. In English, it's the A to the Z. He is everything that God is, and that is Jesus Christ. That's the Father. Well, the Word. The Word is the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. It's the expression of God. When He expresses Himself, He uses Word, Logos. And He wrote Debar. Then we have that expression office being the Word. So anything of thought, plan, purpose, and will is Logos. Same Spirit, not a different Spirit. Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. Heist meaning one and the self, same Spirit. Then we have the Holy Ghost. And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outermost parts of the earth. Well, that's the power office of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. Christ. That is the power office. That is Jesus the Son of God is the redemption office. God manifests in the flesh. Well, he looked for a man. Why look for a man? Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. We have to have a man. As the offenses of one, one man, so also the free gift is of one. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. And he has to be a perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice, a spotless Lamb of God. And there, he looked for a man. He was amazed and wondered he could find none. Isaiah tells us that, therefore, my own arm brought salvation unto me, God said. That was God's own arm, his own arm of flesh. Isaiah 53, 1, but who? hath the arm of the Lord been revealed. That's revelation. That's the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In Him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's the Son of God, the redemption office of the Spirit. Then there's another office, the Son of Man. We're focusing on the Son of Man in this podcast. <laughs> 
for the vision, to seal up the vision and the prophecy. And the streets of the wall to be built again, even in troublous times, for the people of God, for that city. What is that? What is that Son of Man? That office of the Son of Man includes you, the believer. It includes you in the work of the ministry. You see, the Son of Man is a kingdom office of the Spirit of God. In John 3.13, Jesus stated, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now, wait a minute, Jesus. Those that think he's just an ordinary man then how could he be in heaven? There you have to have the revelation of the Son of Man. He said, No man's ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. We're not going to go into Enoch, and we're not going to go into Elijah at this time, but we will at a later date in another podcast. But Jesus states that he only has that preeminence. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven, and that Son of Man. It tells us in John 6 that the Son of Man, him, hath God the Father sealed. That office of the Spirit is sealed. That is, Ephragizo, or I don't know if I'm pronouncing that Greek word correctly, but is to secret, secreted, sealed, marked. And that secreted is a work of the ministry in revealing the revelation, unveiling of Jesus Christ in all judgments. And he's going to do his four sword judgments. Famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast. But why the judgments? In Deuteronomy 32, God says, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, so that you may know that I am he. Beside me there is no other God. I tell you these things before they they even begin to happen, so that you will know that I am God. He said, beside me, there are no other gods. There's no God junior. There are no other gods. None beside me. And then he says that that you may know, you may have knowledge to know that I am he. Beside me, there's no other God. I lift up my hand in heaven. Not hands, but hand. And swear, I live forever. Bless his holy name. The Lord Jesus Christ is that God. In the Son of Man revelation, in that kingdom office, includes you and me, the believers. He is the head of that body. And we are members in particular, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. I speak of mystery concerning Christ and the church. We are individual members of his singular body. 
were built up, a spiritual house, the temple of the Lord, the Spirit of God dwelling in the body of Christ. And we have received the fullness of Christ in the body. And we know all things, and we know all truth, and no lies of the truth. We have an unction from the Holy One. Not that we have intellectual knowledge of all, all truth, but the Spirit is freely given to us, which knows all truth and all things, and will lead us and guide us into all truth. That is the Son of Man. That Son of Man revelation is that we, as the body of Christ, are given, he said, our all judgment is given to the Son of Man, because he is the Son of Man. And because we are members of his body. We are members in particular. Not all are a finger or I can't say to the foot or the toe, I have no need of thee. For God has put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts. There'd be no chism or division in the body. For God is no respecter of persons. Therefore, the body of Christ coming into the unity of the faith will work this in sealing up the vision and the prophecy. Now, what is the vision and the prophecy? It's those things in the Son of Man that have been sealed, secreted, sealed through the mark of God, sanctifying, which is the truth. We find in Daniel, he talks all the way through, which to understand the revelation of Jesus Christ, we have to understand the apocalyptic books in the Old Testament. We have to understand Daniel, Ezekiel. We have to understand Jeremiah. These are keys to the allegories and the visions given to us in the book of the Revelation. And in Daniel... Notice that there's going to be a dream given to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. And then they're going to call uh, uh, Daniel Belteshazzar. And these things, it's going to say a secret. Now, Nebuchadnezzar is going to have a dream. And in this dream, he is that head of gold. You've seen and heard this many a time. The head of gold, the chest of silver, and the arms of silver, uh, the, the loins of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron, mighty clay. Everyone has heard that has followed God, and especially in eschatology, in the day of the last day's events. But as we take a look at it, he says in this dream to Nebuchadnezzar, as he is revealing it to him, we want to focus on the secret. You see in Daniel 2, verse 18, Daniel says that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And it also speaks to us today, for that which is, was, and that shall be in the cycles of God. We see in the very next verse, then was the secret, not just a secret, the secret, revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. 
Now, why is it important about a night vision? Because it's in the night when they said a man-child is born. That is the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ revealed in the church, the woman birthing a man-child caught up to God and to his throne. That man-child has to come at the season where the woman, it's a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with a sun. That is the full solar calendar, as we see in Ezekiel. The moon and under her feet, as we see in Jeremiah, the lunations. And a crown of 12 stars in the prophetic Daniel. We have the solar, lunar, and prophetic year fulfilled there in that woman. She's come to the birth. She cries. Cry travailing in pain. Sorrows. Very important. Sorrows. These are the beginning of sorrows. We're at that stage now. Because the midnight cry of Matthew 25. We are now. The Lord said cry. And warn my people. The bridegroom cometh. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. So therefore. We need to know the vision. We need to know to seal up the prophecy. We need to know that these streets and the wall are built again, even in troublous times. The street is the way, the very way in that city. The wall is a wall of salvation. And uh, the seal is uh, that ceiling that we're going to see going from little children there are two young men. We find that in 1 John 2, 12-14. The little children are the ones that have partaken of the first four feasts. Many have not realized that they may have only taken partaken of one feast of the Lord and not eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking the blood, that blood in the New Testament given for you in obedience, may have partaken of only one feast. Some may have partaken of two, maybe three, four. We're at the fifth feast now. That bridegroom cometh, that cry is in the land now. That is in the feast of trumpets. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. And that is the midnight cry. Why? Because it's in the night. A vision in the night that the man child is birthed. It's birthed in a time of trouble, a time of sorrow, a time of pain, a time of travail, which the body of Christ is in now to bring forth, not to destroy us, but to bring forth Jesus in you to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man, growing up into him in all things, not partial truth, but all truth, all things that we be not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And in the last days, that that day will not come of gathering together to Him, that day of Christ, except to come a falling away first. The falling away, I'm afraid, is happening. First Timothy 4.1, the Spirit speaketh expressly. Then in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, given heed to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having the conscience shared with a hot arm, forbidding to marry and abstaining from meats, which God has sanctified by the word of God and 
and prayer. Well, we're not just talking about natural meats. We're talking about meats offered to idols. We have meat to eat that they know not of. But they, those uh, think they have the liberty can eat anything they want to in things offered to idols. Seducing spirits, thinking that God is love in any way will do. We're all going to heaven, so it doesn't matter. But God is drawing his people out of denominational barriers. Not just from Rome or the papacy, but in out of, completely out of denominational barriers to gather together in one, all things in Christ Jesus. And it will break down every denominational wall, for there's only one body. It's not a one denomination. There's over 32,000 denominations in the face of this earth today. And my goodness. And each one proclaims to have the truth. But only the Holy Ghost will lead and guide into all truth. Now let's see what this vision is. We find that Daniel says in his secret, over and over, that is the Son of Man. Him hath God the Father secreted. The Son of Man is the Father revealed. That's true. But there's different offices for the different functions of the Spirit, what He is working. And that is why the Son of God is the Son of Man, is the Father revealed, is the Word, is the Holy Ghost. Yes, it is. It is Christ. But there's a function in the Son of Man for us, the body of the Christ. And that's the reason why He talks about this night vision. It's a vision in the night. And we find that when in, Dan- in Daniel, we're going to see in Daniel 7 that the four winds were going to hurt and they're in the earth. We're going to find the same in Revelation 7 that the four winds were going to hurt the, the earth and the sea and the trees. And it says, do not hurt the land, the sea, nor the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them that were sealed. That's the sealing of the vision. The vision is what we're going to see is the work of the ministry. It is what God has purposed in the glory that will be revealed in and through the body of Christ to the praise of His glory, not for us, for His. And we see over and over that Daniel speaks of this secret in Daniel 2, verse 19, verse 18, verse 19. And he talks about the secret. He, he states it again uh, there in verse 30 about the secret and what will befall the people in the last days. Then he tells us, uh, I'm giving you a synopsis of this. Uh, please tune into the podcast where we go into greater depth uh, there in uh, this sealing of God's people. For it is time. It is time now that God is preparing his people for the work of the ministry in this gospel of the, of the kingdom, bringing preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. And he that endureth the end, the same shall be saved. And that overcomer that we see in Revelation 2 and in Revelation 3, the second and third chapter of the Revelation, will be the ones that will eat of the hidden manna and will receive a white stone wherein is a new name written, and only he knows that receives it. In Daniel 3, uh, 
that we see that he's talking about in verse 5, 10, and 15. Then the Feast of Trumpets, it is a trumpet clarion call, distinct for this vision. This vision that he sees of a false man with a head of gold, a breast and arms of silver, loins of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron and iron clay standing up as one man. This will be the synagogue of Satan. This will be a man of sin. This is a man of the world. This is a man that will have the mark of the beast and number of a man. That man's number is Kesey Stigma. He did not write 600, three score, and six. He wrote three symbols of the Greek alphabet. Kesey Stigma. Key, C-H-I, 600. It has a gametria, a numerical value of 600. The Z has a biblical numerical number of 60. And it is written as a symbol of a snake, coal to strike. The stigma is six, the number of man, flesh. And that stigma has a numerical value of six. Key Z stigma. Key stigma is Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Key 600 is the number for Christ. Stigma is the flesh he was revealed in. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. That is the spirit revealed in flesh. We find that in 1 Peter 1 verse 10 and 11. That the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the graves. That should come to us. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ. That's the key. C-H-I. 600. Warfare. He's the God of battles. Christ. 600. When he signified, when he testified before him, the sufferings of Christ. That's the stigma. That is Christ revealed in flesh, which is Christ, the Spirit revealed in a body of flesh. It is not Christ Jr., it is Christ, key stigma. But the number of this man with a head of gold, that breast of silver and arms of silver, loins of brass, uh, legs of iron and miry clay, feet iron and feet of iron and miry clay, that man, that synagogue of Satan, that man of sin, that man, his number is key Z stigma. It is key 600 Christ, Z, XI, 60, numerical value of 60, as written as a snake coiled, ready to strike. That is in rebellion that Christ is not come in the flesh. Stigma 6. As we see in 1 John 4, verse 1 through 3. Hereby try ye the spirits where they are of God, because many false prophets are entered into the world. Not some, but many. Already in John's day. Very important. Any spirit that confesses. Key stigma. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Not has come. Not past tense. Is come. Present in perfect tense. And he's still coming in the flesh until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Until the last soul is saved. At that point, that is of God. He says any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, key Z stigma, 
is not of God and is that spirit of Antichrist. That's a number of his name. That's a number of the beast that had the deadly wound and was healed and an image made unto him. That we read about in Revelation 13. Now, what is that vision? Now let's go on in Daniel. He speaks about this secret. Then he warns us about a trumpet. Babylon causes everything but a trumpet to be heard, no matter what church you go to. Are you hearing a trumpet sound, a clarion, a distinct shrill that pierces the heart and helps you and provokes you unto perfection, to literally perfect the body of Christ? Paul said uh, that we might deliver unto you whatever is lacking for you to come to perfection that the saints may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or blemish. Only those are going. No one else is. Well, it was a trumpet. It's a feast of trumpets. We're come. The first three feasts there in Passover is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's a feast of unleavened bread. Feast of... Uh, 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 sorry, Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits. There's your first three feasts. They eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. Well, how did you get into that? The Feast of Passover, you repent. Well, that's one feast, wonderful move. You felt that power of God moving upon you. No man cometh to Jesus except the Father draw them. But then you've got to go to Feast of Unleavened Bread. You have to be buried with Jesus in baptism. How do you do that? Well, Romans 2, 28 and 29 tells you he's not a Jew that is one outwardly and the circumcision of the flesh, but he is a Jew that is one inwardly and that circumcision of the heart and the spirit. That's the only way a person can believe with the heart, not with the mind or intellect, not with just a spoken word, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, but to believe with the heart the heart has to be circumcised. The body of the sins of the flesh has to be cut off and the heart in the spirit whose praise is not a man but of God. Romans 2, 28 and 29. How did you do that? Romans 6, 1 through 4. What do you know you not that as many as were baptized were baptized into Christ's death? How did you get in that unleavened bread? Dead. Jesus' burial. How did you get buried with them? by baptism, Romans 6, 1 through 4. Why? That the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed, Romans 6, 4. What does that baptism have to do? We've been taught it's not necessary. Oh, yes, friend, it is. That's how you eat the blood, drink the blood, and eat the flesh of Jesus in the feast of the Lord. Not the feast of Israel, not the feast of the church, but the feast of the Lord. You eat the feast, eat the flesh of Jesus, drink his blood through these feasts in obedience to the Word of God. What's the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Somebody said, well, that's a natural feast. Yes, but they're shadows of things which are to come. They're shadows of the real, of the eternal. Well, how did you get into the Feast of Passover? Well, you repented. Then how did you get into that Feast of Unleavened Bread? How did you get buried with Him? How did the body of the sins of the flesh get destroyed in your heart so that you can believe with the heart? Well, Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12 tells you how. 
you're complete in him, Jesus Christ, have made him nothing else, in whom you're circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. It's not a natural circumcision. And putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. How did you get rid of those sins? Through faith in this operation of God. Through the circumcision of Christ. Through faith in the operation of God who raised him from the dead. Well, when you go down to the water grave, Colossians 2, 12, by baptism. Through faith in the operation of God. It's faith. You have faith in that operation that you're buried with Jesus in baptism. The body sins of the flesh, of the heart there in the spirit are cut off. Now you can believe with the heart. And with the mouth, confession is made in salvation. Romans 10, 9, Romans 10, 13. That baptism is essential, friend. And then you're raised to the newness of life, a new creature. Why? Because, Acts 2.38, you have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, partaken of unleavened bread, the feast of unleavened bread. You've eaten that feast, the flesh of Jesus, and you've drank that blood. And you're raised to the newness of life. Why? Because the body, the sins of flesh have been destroyed. Your heart now can believe that conscience is purged from dead works to serve the living God. The conscience is in your heart. How is it purged? By baptism. So repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's how you get your sins remitted. Born of the water. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the fourth feast in eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. Receiving the Holy Ghost without evidence of speaking in other tongues. Building up yourselves upon, building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20. Now you have partaken of four feasts of the Lord. You have eat the flesh and drank the blood of Jesus in four feasts. But now we're not talking about that. We're talking about the new season that we are in. We're talking about the vision and the prophecy we're talking about the ones that are growing up into him in all things. We're talking about this gospel of the kingdom, that only those that obtain this like precious faith will be used in the proclamation of this kingdom of God and to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Not just apostles or prophets, but a body movement, God in the whole body of Christ, preaching the everlasting gospel to all the world as a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. But it's a feast of trumpets. The trumpets, the Rosh Hashanah, literally means the head of the year, the first of the new year, the head of the new year, Rosh Hashanah. Well, that is, we call the feast of trumpets. But notice in Babylon here, they won't have a trumpet. They won't have that in the prophecy or in the vision. Notice in Daniel 3, verse 5, verse 10, and verse 15, what musical instruments they use in lieu of the trumpet. The trumpet is the certain sound. The trumpet is the ministry voice of Jesus. It is the oracle of God being preached in and through the body of Christ that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that are lost. 
And in Daniel 3, verse 5, 10, and 15, you do not find a trumpet. You find a cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer. No trumpet. It starts out close to a trumpet, but then it puts more and more people to sleep. It starts out a cornet. Doesn't have the sharp, shrill piercing of that trumpet that pierces the heart. But it's a cornet. It's close, but then it goes to a flute. A little softer sound. Uh, we're going to cover this with uh, the icing and and we're going to overlay it with sweet uh, things, easy to be the easy gospel, a prosperity gospel. We, we're going to have the people as the priest, the priest as the people, heaping to ourselves, teachers having itching ears, telling us what we want to hear. Everybody's going to heaven. God is love. Everybody's going. Just as long as you don't kill anybody, you're okay. <laughs> which is totally against the Word of God. It goes from a cornet, like a trumpet, but it won't get that shrill, distinct piercing of the heart. Not the truth of the, the true Word of God. Sanctify them through that truth. Their Word is truth. It misses the mark. It, through the tradition of the elders, have made the Word of God an effect. It's diluted it, softened it. Instead of that two-edged sword, it has dulled it. Where now the body of Christ is dull of hearing. So we have a trumpet. No, no trumpet there. The body of Christ has a trumpet. Take that trumpet in your hand and a vessel there and you're going to break it. Gideon's army. There Jeremiah said, how long will you make me hear the sound of the trumpet and the alarm of war? That trumpet sound is prepared to meet you the Lord. Prepare to meet thy God. It is the midnight cry. The bridegroom cometh. They're all virgins. Ten. Five wise, five foolish. The five wise took oil for their lamp. That oil's the truth of the word. The other said, oh, we really don't need that. We're all saved. Sanctified on our way to heaven. We don't have to worry about the Feast of Trumpets because we're Pentecostal. We've already got the first four feasts. We've repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, raised in the newness of life, and have the Holy Ghost. We've partaken of uh, the four feasts of the Lord, the first four feasts. We have eaten his flesh and drank his blood in those first four feasts, not realizing that he wants us now to grow up from little children because those are just little children. First John 2, 12 through 14. I've written to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake and you've known the Father. That means you've partaken a first four feast. You know that Jesus is the Father and you've repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. You're raised in this life and you've received the Holy Ghost. You're born of the water and the Spirit. And you know you've had the revelation that Jesus is the Father of glory. Wonderful. You're little children. But now he's moved. The Spirit of God has moved and the body of Christ is now in the season of tabernacles, which has three feasts. The Feast of Trumpets of Rosh Hashanah, Young Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of All Feasts, the Feast of Sevens, that's Shiva, the Feast of All Feasts. And these are our Feasts of Charity, 
feast of charity, which those that do not believe it are spots in your feast of charity, Peter said. That they really don't believe the work of God and the work of the ministry is going to happen. That what you are called for in the vision, to seal up that vision, what's well, going to seal up the vision? You're going to find out the vision and that prophecy is fulfilled in you, the body of Christ. It's fulfilled in Christ, but you experience it through Christ. He's going to be glorified in and through you to the praise of his glory. And that is where many are going to miss it, saying, well, there's nothing else that God's going to do. He's not going to do good, neither will he do evil, and yet miss the work of the ministry in Ephesians 4.12 because they will not hear the sound of the trumpet. There is a cornet. Sounds close. Then there is a, oh, let's see, flute, harp, sackbut. Then a psaltery. Then finally, a dulcimer. A dulcimer. That's so nasal. It's and it's, it literally it literally, as it, it, it doesn't knock out our, our, the sin in a person's life. It doesn't convict sin. It has no convicting power. But it just uh, sits there and the snakes and the different spirits just kind of are charmed by the dulcimer. <laughs> I know uh, not trying to be facetious but it's it's a shame that we have threw aside the trumpet in the feast of trumpets for a cornet flute harp for a sackbolt psaltery and a dulcimer notice there's six instruments there but not a seven it doesn't have that trumpet in it verse 10 same thing Six instruments does not have a trumpet in it. And verse 15, six instruments. Three times. It is a worldly, literal preaching of the word, not a trumpet, but a cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, psaltery, and dulcimer. It finally, the dulcimer just charms a snake. It won't even get convicting power. With a real word of God, they'll either hear the word and be sad, mad, or glad. Sad because they believe it and will not repent and believe it. Mad because they don't believe it. Or glad because they do believe it and follow it. So therefore, there's a feast of trumpets and they have instead gone for the voice of Babylon. Cornet. Flute harp. They've gone for that sackbolt. Psaltery. Finally, the dulcimer. And not all it's good for us to charm the snakes. You don't lose anybody. Just tell them that this is a gospel of money. Give you money and everybody's going to be happy. We're all going to heaven. La, da, la, la, la. Sing Shambhala and lie to the people and ice cream suppers and chili dinners and, and etc. Which is all a big, colossal lie. <laughs> now we go to uh, how God... Uh, change the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. And when he does, seven times he's going to pass over. Talks about the, the Babylonian 
there seven times passing over him. Then we see Belshazzar. Uh, Belshazzar. And Belshazzar in chapter 5 has many, many tickled you, Farson. You found a balance. You wait in the balance to find wanting. The hand of God. There's that ministry in the last days. You're waiting the balance, you find wanting. Somebody said, well, that didn't have anything to do with us. Yes, it does. You see, there's a reed like unto a rod, John said, given unto me, saying, rise, measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. Revelation 11. But the court which is without, that court which is without, leave out and measure it not. Why? Because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked. He's not going to chastise them. Only the ones he loves. Only the ones that are in his body, his children. And the holy city should be trodden underfoot 42 months, time, times and a half, three and a half years. 1,203 score days. And that is the time of sealing up the vision and the prophecy for the work of the ministry. It's a Jesus ministry. Take a look over that we are going to see in uh, Daniel 7 and verse 3, and it says, well, actually 2, verse 2, Daniel 7, 2. Then spake, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision. Here's the vision. This is to seal up that vision. Where's that vision going to be sealed up? Where's that prophecy going to be sealed up? It's going to be sealed up in the body of Christ. Seal in your forehead. It's the word of God that sanctifies you. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Holy Ghost leads and guides you into all truth. That's the only way you say it, but you have to believe it. Not just to hear the word, but a doer. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? You draw close to me with your lips, but your heart's far away. It takes obedience. And whosoever yields your members of service to obey, him the service to whom you obey, whether of sin and to death, that's a carnal mind. Be carnally minded is death, or whether of obedience unto righteousness, which will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, or that holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The fruits of holiness. That's what obedience will lead you to. And then to seal up that vision. He said, This is in that vision. That vision is by night. That lets us know that it's not going to be a time of uh, uh, a mountaintop experience. It's going to be down in the myrtles, the myrtle trees, in the valley. Sorrows, pains, travail, crying out, tribulation work of patience, patience at work of experience, experience at work of hope. Paul said, trouble on every side, but not in stress, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus. What? Somebody said, I thought this was a prosperity gospel. No, friend. That is a crossless Christianity that will not yield, that will not yield the fruits of holiness. That after you've suffered for a while, God make you perfect. After you've suffered for a while, yes, God make you perfect, establish Strengthen and settle you, Peter said in his epistle. It says in 1 Peter 4, verse 1, here's the mind that we're going to have. 
Seal our servants, the servants of a God in their forehead. What is that mind of Christ? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, Morpha, he's spirit. Though not Robert be equal with God, all the attributes of God are equal. But made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant. That's God in his humiliation. Became a man. Let that mind be in you. Let that mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.6. 1 Peter 4.1 said, this is a mind that's going to be sealed. 1 Peter 4.1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Therefore, you be you likewise minded. Arm yourselves with this same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. The vision is a night vision. It is a time of darkness. A time of trouble and tribulation. Persecution upon the church. Just as it was in the former reign, in Acts 8 chapter, there was great tribulation and persecution against the church. And there abode only in Jerusalem the apostles. For all the saints of God were scattered abroad. They went everywhere, teaching and preaching the kingdom of God. And those that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. God's going to do it again, but greater, way far greater than what he did in the former reign. We're talking about in that vision. It's a night vision. It's a time of trouble. It's a time of sorrows. Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlot, says, I said a queen. I am no widow. I'm already married to Jesus. And I will see no sorrow. I will have no trouble. I will have no tribulation. That's what Babylon says. She also wears, she has the purple and the scarlet. But notice that Mystery Babylon, the great mother of harlots and abominations of the world, cannot wear the blue. Why? Because the blue is the father. She will never call Jesus. She'll preach the blood, the scarlet. She'll preach the purple, king of kings and lord of lords. But she will never preach Jesus as the father of glory. She will never confess it. She cannot wear the blue. Here in Daniel 7, we have, which is the same as Revelation 7, when the four winds were going to hurt the land, the sea, and the trees right at the ceiling of God's people to seal up this vision, to seal up this prophecy. What is that? He said, I saw in my vision by night, this night vision, the vision, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. Now we're going to see a lion with man, uh, with, with eagle wings. We're going to see a uh, a man's heart. We're going to see a leopard, four heads. Uh, we're going to see the fourth beast uh, there. Uh, and all this will be with our teeth in the night vision. This is what we as the body of Christ are going to go through as he seals up this vision and the prophecy. So to understand this vision, to understand this prophecy, we have to go to the words of the book of this prophecy in this vision. 
It's what John sees in Revelation 4 verse 1. And John says, as that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, uh, there in Revelation 1, we come there, the second and third chapter, we see uh, the seven churches and what the overcomers must do in obedience to have the right to eat uh, that tree, to have that that uh, uh, white stone, where there's a new name written, that has that hidden manna, that goes to a higher glory, that has that, that testimony. And he goes from Ephesus to Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, he goes to Sardius, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, and shows each one, I have not found your works perfect, because he's looking for perfect works, the fruit that accompanies salvation. And in each one, we hear the voice of the Lord Jesus, as Jesus said, the time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. But if any man have an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And Jesus spake to each of the churches, Thus saith he that hath uh, uh, the, the seven stars in his hand. Thus saith he, the word of the Lord is coming to each of those seven churches. Not church ages, churches. Every problem we have in a church is in one of those seven categories. For the present church. And then he says, to him that overcometh. So, we have the things that are necessary in receiving these things, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints, in order to be an overcomer. And it's only the overcomer that does, that do the will of God that are going to be sealed in Revelation 7. These in Matthew 7 are the ones that think they're fine as little children. And they say, uh, Lord, we prophesied in your name, done many wonderful works in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. When the Lord just said, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, Jehovah, Lord God Almighty, knowing that Jesus is the Father, that says unto me, Lord, Lord, not all that say unto that to me will be able to enter in. These are little children. They have partaken of the first four feasts of the Lord and eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus and still will not be able to enter in because of the vision and the prophecy. Why? Because they did not do. Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. Never knew you. He uses the word gnosko there. That means I never knew you. Your heart was never right with me. Oh my goodness. Because he knows the end from the beginning. Even though Judas Iscariot was one of the twelve, haven't I chosen you twelve, and one is you as a devil, even though he worked with works just like the other eleven. Jesus said, you are of your father the devil. My goodness, that the thou doest do it quickly. Well, Judas Iscariot later on repented, too late. He betrayed the innocent blood. 30 pieces of silver went into the field of Asadelma, the field of blood. In the last days, there will be many doing the same thing. Why? Because we think that heaven does not require obedience in the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus said in Matthew 7, not all the same to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in, but only those that do.
the will of my Father. For God worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Make your calling and election sure. Be called, chosen, and faithful in that calling. Growing up in him in all things. That is the vision. And we see here what's coming upon the face of the earth to try the earth. Oh, earth, 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 hear ye the voice of the Lord. This is a consumption. This is a consuming fire. This is a shaking going on among the nations. Amos 9, verse 9. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. All those that are in God, now you won't lose a one. But he'll come on there, Amos 9, verse 10. I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say, no evil. The word there, evil, is raw. Tribulation. Trouble. No evil shall prevent nor overtake us. We're not going to have any evil. We're not going to have any birth pains. We're not going to have the beginning of sorrows. There's not going to be a man-child birth. Jesus in you to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm not talking about the inward man that's perishing. Though the outward man perisheth, yet the inward man, the one that's Christ in you, is renewed daily. Just as Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Who lives in you? Christ does. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That is the vision. Notice over here, he's telling us in the night visions what it's going to be to birth that man-child that we see in Revelation 12, that we're called all, called for. That keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Notice in Daniel 10, we're going to see this son of man. Now, Daniel 7, we see uh, the Son of Man comes to the Ancient of Days. It's Jesus Christ in both offices. But the Son of Man has us included in it, the body of Christ, which is a kingdom, and we're in that kingdom. Deliver up to the Ancient of Days and gives him a kingdom. Thousands, thousands minister to him and give him a kingdom of which there will be no end and dominion that will be forever. Daniel 7, 13. Now we're coming to Daniel 10. Here's the vision. Notice in Daniel 10, verse 8. Daniel says, and Daniel means judge of God. And he says, therefore, I was left alone and saw, what did he see? This great vision. The vision, what will befall the people of God in the last days? Oh, that they were wise, that they understood their latter end. And there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned in, in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. God said exactly that's what he would do. And Peter said that exactly what he would do in the last days. For Peter said, for the Lord, judgment must first begin at the house of God. And where shall the end of the sinner the ungodly appear? And the righteous scarcely be saved. 
The same is here speaking by Daniel. Notice the next verse. Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. This is the time that he said, I see this. I see this great vision. But the ones that were with me, they didn't see it. The same thing that happened with Paul on the Damascus Road in that former reign, in that that Holy Ghost Pentecostal move. This is a different move. This is a deeper glory. This is the vision. This is the prophecy that is to seal up among my servants, saith God, for here to hear, for them to hear for the time to come. What did he see? This is Daniel 10, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, remember Cyrus, though he did not know God, yet had a, as God's anointed, to rebuild again the temple. He had that decree given to him from God, a command to rebuild that temple, Cyrus. And, and he says, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, and the time appointed was long in our days. And he understood the thing and had an understanding of the vision. Now, this is the seal of the vision that we're talking about. There's going to be a revelation here. I submit to you this revelation is that revelation of the Son of Man and the work of the ministry that is in him, through him, and by him, manifested through the body of Christ. And he says, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Now, this is three full, three full weeks is 21 days, or three Shebas. While, why? Because it is an hour, a day, a month, and a year. Uh, we're seeing there's three of them. Why three? Three speaks of I'll raise you up. In Hosea 6, he said, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn. He will heal us. Not the devil. God did. He has smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. This is not revival. This is a total new thing. We're in the third day. What happens in the third day? And in the third day, we're going to have this vision. In the third day, we're going to have this prophecy. What is it? In that third day, I'm going to raise you up. And you will live in my sight. If we follow on to know the Lord, where is he going with this? Hosea 6.4. If we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. And he will come to us, the parousia. He will come to us as the rain. The former, that was Acts 2, and the latter. That's tabernacles. That is not Pentecost. We're not going back to Azusa Street. We're going far, far greater, higher in glory than that. Far, far greater. So higher, so greater a glory that it is going to be a radical change from the Pentecostal glory to the higher glory in the Lord Jesus Christ in tabernacle glory, to the image, to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, that fullness of Christ in the body of Christ. Daniel sees this 
And just like John saw the Lord in Revelation 1, one like the Son of Man standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. The same thing that John saw in Revelation 19.10. John saw a man. Here's a man. And he was about to worship him. And the man said, See thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Don't worship me. Worship God, he says. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That testimony is the vision. It is a revelation of Jesus Christ, but manifest in through the body of Christ and ultimately with the coming of the Lord, where the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together and meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 onward. Now here we are. We're at this time of the greatest move of God for those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Daniel saw it. He saw it here. He said, he said, and... I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, and three is that number I'll raise you up and you'll live in my sight. Three full weeks, not just partial weeks, full. The fullness of that word, the fullness of Christ, the Sheba. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh into my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the fourth, and 20th day of the first month of Eid, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Edekel, one of the four rivers there of the ones coming out of uh, the Garden of God, I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man. Now, it's very important we understand the word certain. Certain there, Palmoni, or Palmona. Uh, Daniel 8. This saint said unto that certain saint, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And he said until 2,300 days. Well, he said to that certain saint. What is that certain saint? That certain saint there is Palmoni or Palmoni, which means a wonderful numberer. We have to number, reckon it up the revealer of secrets. And this secret is revealed, Daniel said, not to me for any of my righteousness or any holiness, but thou, O king, will know what will happen in the latter days, these days, the last days. John saw it in Revelation 19.10. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's sealing up the vision and the prophecy. What is that testimony, Jesus? It's the spirit of prophecy. And here we go. Daniel seeing him. He sees this certain man, this wonderful number, the revealer of secret, and whose clothes was in linen. Well, that linen, white, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz. Well, we're finding a body of Christ here, just like we see in Revelation 1. We're seeing Jesus go, he's clothed with a white robe and a golden girdle about his paps. 
golden, not a not an ephod, but a golden girdle. And all the way down to his feet. We are the feet generation. Jesus is ahead, and we the body of Christ, but he's in the midst of the seven churches, the seven candlesticks. Ephesus, Myrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, uh, Sardius, Philadelphia, Laodicea. And, but he's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He is the aloft of in the middle of the church, the seven churches, which it was cried in Ezekiel to the wheels, O wheel. It is but one body, Jesus ahead, and we the body of the Christ. One body, very important. Not two, but one body. There's only one Lord, one spirit. We can't divide it. Well, here it is. He's seeing this. Daniel sees it and says his body was like the barrel. The barrel stone had Dan written on it on the fourth row in the first, in the, in the four rows of the first stone, and that last row was a barrel stone and had Dan written on it. Dan, judge, judgment. And his face was as the appearance of lightning. Now the face, what about the face? God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We? Yes. The body of Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Well, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. It's Christ in us. It's not us. It's the Christ in us. We're not Christ. Christ is in us. The kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is not our kingdom, but we're in that kingdom. We're in Christ, of Christ, and through Christ that we do these things that please him. His eyes, or the aim, or that urine, fire, as lamps of fire. That's the Holy Ghost and fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. Holiness. And his arms and his feet like unto the color of polished brass. Things and feet of polished brass. Polished, it burns. It, it's polished, it's glistening. Burnished, polished brass. Have a cast foot. And we see that in judgment. And the voice of his words was like the voice of a multitude. Why a multitude? Because there's many members in the body of Christ all speaking one thing. Speaking like things in the oracles of God. If any man speak, let him speak the oracles of God. Speaking the same things of one mind and one accord. Here we have that Son of Man. Jesus is ahead. It's nothing of us. It's all him. And it says, And I, Daniel, saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision. It was only those that have that earnest heart for God, diligently seeking him with all the heart. All the men that were with Daniel, they didn't see it. All the ones with Paul, they didn't see or hear the voice that spoke with him on the Damascus Road. That's the former reign. This is the latter reign. This is the vision. This is the book of this prophecy. This is the glory that will be revealed in the saints of the living God in the work of the ministry. He said they did not see the vision. But a great quaking fell upon them 
so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision. This sealing up the vision will be sealed up in you, the body of Christ. It's the revelation of that Son of Man to reveal in and through you. And we're going to find that what is reason for that. Skipping there to verse 16. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of man touched my lips. And I, then I opened my mouth. That's the pay. And spake and said unto him that stood before me. Notice. O oh my Lord, by the vision, my sorrows birth pangs are turned upon me and I have retained no strength. Is this not sealed up among my treasures? For the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil when he sees their power is gone. Daniel's power is gone. He has ceased from his own labors. He has entered into the rest of God. Hebrews 4, there remaineth a rest to the people of God. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. Jesus said the time is coming and now is where those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. It's progressive. The time is coming higher. The path of the justice as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Going from glory to glory into the perfect image of Jesus Christ by the Spirit of the Lord, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. He said his sorrows. His sorrows had turned. He had no strength. Deuteronomy 32, and this not sealed up among my treasures, seal up the vision, seal up the prophecy. What is it? The Lord will judge his people. Repent himself of the evil, the trouble, the tribulation. When he sees that their power is gone, not Holy Ghost power, their power is gone, and there's none shut up or left. Here's Daniel. There's the vision. There is the vision. That is the testimony. That is the words of the book of this prophecy. That is where we're headed in the body of Christ. Not as Pentecostals, but as tabernacleists. A higher, greater glory for those that have an ear to hear. We see that in Matthew 25, it's that midnight cry. We have to have oil for the lamps or we will not make it. We find there in uh, uh, we take a look at Revelation 19.10 and Revelation 19.10, Revelation 1. We find that John tells us he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and for the testimony of Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus? The testimony of Jesus is what he's seeing there in the words of the book of this prophecy, which is to seal up the vision that Son of Man to reveal it, be revealed in the last days. Those are the fathers now hear me. Now we're making a statement here that hits the nail on the head. 
we have gone from newborn babes that desires and sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Everybody starts out as a baby. But God expects us to grow up. Well then, as we're growing up in him, then we go to little children. This is 1 John 2, 12 through 14. 1 John 12 through 14 says, I write unto you little children. They've grown from babies to little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, not for anything you've done. You're born of the water and the spirit. You have repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's how your heart was circumcised. That is your second feast of the Lord in unleavened bread. First fruits, your race in the newness of life. You receive the Holy Ghost, feast of weeks, feast of Pentecost. You are now Pentecostal. That's little children. That's not full grown. That's little children. And I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory. You're little children. But now, he says, I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. You've overcome the devil, the world, and your own flesh. You've crucified the flesh with the affections of the lust. You are now a vessel meat for the master's use. Now, you're going to the ceiling in Revelation 7. This, in the night vision, these four winds are going to blow up on the earth to hurt the land, the sea, and the trees. And he said, hurt not the land, sea, or trees until we have sealed, seal up this vision, seal up this prophecy, the words of the book of this prophecy, the ones that have believed it and have obeyed it. They've got the oil in their lamps. Seal those, the servants of God, in their foreheads. They have the mind of Christ. And I heard the number of them that were sealed. RMD. 100 rm 40 d 4 He did not write 144,000. Thousands perfected glory. Song 8, Solomon has a vineyard in Baal Haman, possessor of a multitude. Solomon, you must have a thousand perfected glory. All the keepers of the vineyard, 200. 200 for the apostle, 200 for the prophet, 200 for the evangelist, 200 for the pastor, 200 for the teacher. The whole thing, that hand of God, for the perfecting of the saints. Solomon, you must have a thousand. And there in Revelation 7, verse 1 through 4, we have... R-M-D-1000, perfected glory. There are perfect in that generation that shall be counted for the seed, the seed, the Jesus, the Christ generation. And those are the ones that are sealed. The number is R-M-D, reckon it up. To reckon it up is R-M-D, R-100, 4-M-D. 40, D4, RMD, that's eastward, R, the work of the Holy Ghost, not us, the work of the Holy Ghost unto perfection. These have the mind of Christ, not our mind. How do we get that mind of Christ? I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed 
of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. How did you do? How did you prove that? How did you make your calling election sure? How did you prove that? By the word of God, in obedience to that word. And him, knowing that, that my sheep know my voice, and by knowing that voice, you can obey it. And obedience, then you know the individual instruction of the voice of the Lord to you individually. And that's where we're at. Somebody said, well, I don't know if I know the voice of God. You know, I pray, I fast, I seek God. Well, you will. Those that diligently seek the Lord, their God, and come out from their barriers. The, the ones that are saying, no, just say, you're going to heaven. Don't worry about it. There's not a higher work of glory. Just stay in Pentecostal and you're okay. But the ones that say, no, I know there's more and I'm going for it. Those are the ones that the Lord, the call chosen and faithful, the ones that go into that higher glory from, tab- from Pentecostal to Tabernacleist and the sealing up that vision and that prophecy are the ones that are going to be sealed. They are the RMD eastward, which is always the work of the Holy Ghost. The seal is, uh, put a bracelet upon Rebecca. That has a good nature of 144. That is the sealing. It's a seal of ownership. They're espoused. They're uh, to the Lord your God, Jesus Christ. There we have that, that mark, the tab upon them that are signed and crying out for the sins and abominations done in Jerusalem in the church of the living God. Ezekiel 9. So what is that? What is that that sealing? Well, he said, seal up the vision. The vision is that son of man. The vision is that work of the ministry that you are a particular member of the body of Christ and have a particular ministration. Different ministrations, but one spirit. And their body will be compacted together of whichever joint will supply. Well, this body is coming together now. Many of you are calling and saying and writing me and, and uh, messaging and emailing me saying we want to work together. If God's moving on you, we need to come together. As this body comes together, the devil's knees are going to knock because he knows the Holy One is going to be revealed and will stop him. All the wicked will be ashes and under the righteous feet. This is not some kind of warfare that are carnal with machine guns and, and uh, uh, military whatever. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination that exalts itself against Christ. These are the ones right now that are going and are literally being prepared for the sealing for the time to come. What is that? Well, in Revelation 19.10, the same that Daniel saw in Daniel 10. Revelation 19, 10, John sees the same thing. He sees that. And that is worship God for the testimony of Jesus. This man is a fellow servant. He's one of our brethren. Making but one body. Jesus ahead with the body. Making but one body. Saying, I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren 
that have the testimony of Jesus. I have that faith that was once delivered to the saints. I have the words of the book of this prophecy that I have obeyed the things written in this book. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What is that testimony of Jesus? It is a sealing up of this prophecy. It is a sealing up of this vision. You're going to see in Isaiah 8, 16, you're going to see there that he says to the law, to the testimony. What law? Well, not the law of Moses. Because the law of Moses will fulfill now is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus who has fulfilled that law and now has given us of his spirit and wrote that law upon the tables of our heart. That, if you'll see Isaiah, if you'll mark that, Isaiah 8, 16, and you're sanctifying the Lord of God in your heart and Look at verse, if you will, mark that in your Bibles or simply make a note of it that it is the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the testimony is the testimony of Jesus which is the seal up of the vision and the sealing up of the prophecy where the streets and the wall will be built again even in troublous times. God's building it up right now. And how do we do it? Bind up the testimony. Verse 16. This is Isaiah 8, 16. Bind up the testimony. Where? Up in your heart. And seal the law among my disciples. The ones that have been disciplined in me, discipled in me, them bind up that testimony. Seal that law, the law of the spirit of life, among my disciples. The ones that are disciplined. And he says, watch what he says here. Who are these men? What are, what are they receiving this for? And I will wait upon the Lord that had his face from the house of Jacob. And I will look for him. Behold, I am the children whom the Lord hath given me. You read that in, in, the, in the book of Hebrews, the second chapter. Well, who are they? That's you, the body of Christ. That's me. What are we called for? Well, he said, I am the children. That is I, the Lord, and the children, that's us, whom the Lord hath given me, are what? Are for signs and for wonders. In to Israel from the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Where does the Lord dwell now? Christ in you, the hope of glory. <laughs> what is happening? You're the signs and the wonders. This is a change of raiment of Joshua and Zechariah 3. You're coming out of a brand or a sign or a ceiling out of the fire, out of Holy Ghost fire. And there's a brand for sealing. What do you use that brand for? To seal. And it said, give him a change of raiment. Take off the filthy garments. Take off that old store. This isn't Pentecostal. This is tabernacles. This is the trumpets. This is a change of raiment. This is the two witnesses. 
the spirit and the body of Christ that God is repairing right, preparing right now to literally restore again that which we have lost. There, Paul said, immediately after departure, grievous wolves are coming, not sparing the flock. Apostasia, falling away. We don't see the signs and the wonders and the confirmation of the word of God. Confirming the signs, miracles, times, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost like we did in the book of Acts. Why? Because God's shifting gears to this new thing. It's going to be far, far greater and a radical change in the glory, in higher glory that's ever been revealed except in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What is going to happen? And when they shall say unto you, seek to them that have familiar spirits and the wizards that peep and that mutter. If you walk in, in the in a church service and everybody's whispering, oh, bless the Lord Jesus. What you have, shout it from the housetop. Shout. Let him, got a dream, let him tell it, vision, let him tell it. Not whispering. These are familiar spirits and wizards that whisper from the dust, slow music in the background, and we're going to prophesy. <laughs> oh, friend of mine, this is the ones that have the true Holy Ghost to the law. What does he say? Don't seek to them that do that. Don't seek to those that mutter, 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 mutter. Should not a people seek to the Lord their God for the living while you seek to the dead? Then, to the law, to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony. What's that testimony? That's the things that must shortly come to pass. That's the things and the words of the book of this prophecy, the things that are written in this book. And the only way we can know them is with that testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. And that's what God is giving us now to those that have an ear to hear. To the law and to the testimony. The testimony of Jesus is that spirit of prophecy. If they speak not according to this word, notice that, underline verse 20. If they speak not according to this word, telling you, no, this is not for you, it is because there is no light in them. They have no inkling, no idea. They're settled on their leaves. They're at ease in Zion. And the Lord is not pleased. Stir yourself up, friend. Neighbor, subscribe to us. There's more to come. We're just scraping the tip of this iceberg. There's a radical change coming in the glory. From glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Such a new thing. Though a man tell it, yet they will not believe. They'll say the old store is better and the old wine is better. But there's a new thing coming, a new wine, a new thing that God is doing in the earth. It's called the Feast of Trumpets. It's a ministry voice of Jesus. It's a piercing sound, not of a cornet, you know, let's tone it down, or flute, or harp, or a sackbuck, psaltery, or dulcimer, where we charm the snakes in our churches. But this is a clarion trumpet sound. The alarm of war. The Lord cometh, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. And you'll have plenty of oil in your lamp because you have believed this sealed up the vision, this son of man revelation, 
the kingdom of God and to seal up that prophecy. And this is the book of that prophecy. It is the revelation of Jesus. Turn in for more as we go to the seven the seven angels of the seven churches, seven seals, trumpets, and vials, seven spirits before the throne of God, the book of Sheba, the book of sevens, as we get into the revelation of Jesus Christ in the work of the ministry, going from Pentecost till now, you're going to that of Tabernacles. Until the next time, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. If this is meaning anything or moving you in a witness of the Spirit, give us a call. Let's work together. The body of Christ is coming together in the unity of the faith. Praise God, neighbor. We want to invite you and literally encourage you to give us a call for, as you can see on your screen, we are set up to do an outreach and evangelizing the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ for the sealing of God's people here in the last days. You'll see that we have a tractor-trailer rig, and on that rig is a tent, a gospel tent, that will seat up to 3,000 people. Now, don't let that discourage you because it can be set up to where it will be uh, a tent size for 300 people or 500 or 1,000 or up to 3,000. We have the instruments, we have the chairs, we have the gospel tent that if you would like a gospel tent meeting in your area where we can do social distancing, setting the chairs eight feet apart, not six, but eight feet apart, several rows, and still get in over 1,500 people in social distancing. We can bring it to your area if you would like to hear that Jesus' only doctrine of Christ, the sealing of God's people, where we are now in prophecy and eschatology in that last day work of the ministry give us a call that is Dennis Beard at DennisBeard.org that's our website www.DennisBeard.org or SealingGodsPeople.org and let us hear from you we'd like to talk to you we can talk about where you would like to have a tent revival or maybe you would like just to say, well, brother, come to the church. Bring this to the meeting at the church. We'd love to hear from you. Well, let us hear from you. Give us a call. The number's on the screen. You'll see we have our own motor home. We can drive to you anywhere in the United States. There also with the tent, with the tractor trailer rig, and our team of ministers that we bring there to your town, your city, to your state. So if the Lord deals with you, don't hesitate. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to have a gospel tent meeting or meet there and have a meeting in a meeting room or your church. Give us a call. Contact us at DennisBeard.org, SealingGodsPeople.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's talk. Let's meet. The body of Christ is coming together greater than it ever has before in the work of the ministry in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of the Son. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.